Coming up on today's episode of Real Talk Rentals, we're gonna talk tenants. How do you find the right tenant for your property? Welcome back to Real Talk Rentals, a podcast brought to you by OnQ Property Management, where we talk about all the tips, secrets, and behind the scenes that goes into owning your own rental property. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, and with me as always is my co-host, Eric Dixon, the go-to expert on all things property management and rentals. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about tenants. How do you find the best tenants for your property and what goes into that? And what are the pitfalls to avoid? So we'll jump right into it and say, uh, Eric, property management companies, what criteria do they use to look for a tenant? Yeah, so it's going to vary by company. And this goes to the self-managing people as well. So as a kind of a these are the tips and tricks if you are self-managing of things maybe to do that you're not doing now or what your property management company should be doing. Um, just going through kind of the list, and this is not by importance necessarily, but it's you know big the big thing. So number one is credit history. So there's the FICO score, but it's also the payment history. Um, as everybody knows, uh, credit is kind of silly. It's like the more you borrow, the better your score could be as long as you're paying on time. So we we have applicants all the time that, they don't have great credit, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. They just haven't built it. So if you're 18 to 25, maybe you've been a student, you've never borrowed to buy a house or a car or something, sure. you, know, you know, it can be interesting. So credit's number one, and you'll have different thresholds, whether it's minimum 500, minimum 550, minimum 600, whatever it is. Um, one thing we try to keep in mind with minimum credit scores is you can get a mortgage for with a 600 or a 620 credit score on the low end. And we have some owners that are like, Oh, I, I need a 700 to rent my house. And I'm like, look, man, they can go get a mortgage with 620, yeah. 640, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so you do have to realize that you as an investor, if you have a seven or 800 credit score, that's not necessarily the tenant that is always going to come across. So, um, and we have tenants all the time that have 830 credit scored. So it, it does range. So I'd say uh, credit history is huge. Um, one thing on credit as well that we actually started um, that's really benefiting our tenants while they rent from us and in the future is we report positive and negative uh, rental payments now. So that that's new and exciting in the last 12 months. So that that's the uh, first one. Second would be um, income and their debt to income ratio. So... You know, you make this much gross income, this much goes to debt, and what's that ratio look like? And you'll have different thresholds. Um, along with that comes your employment verification. So mm -hmm. you'll do income and employment kind of at the same time. Um, from there, rental history. So if a previous landlord can give a positive review, say how many on-time payments, late payments, um, how many times did they bounce checks, how did they leave the house, that sort of thing. And then you'll run into no rental history. Where, That's what I was going to say. Like credit, there's going to be people that are 18 to 25 and, yeah, and make the money but don't have Yeah, and, and you know what's crazy is I moved to, uh, I, I did door-to-door -door sales back in the day. And we rented this apartment. And it wasn't even in my name, but it was the first apartment that I rented You know, through the company I worked for. And I, I went to the leasing office because I was like, dude, I might want to extend my summer, rent another room, whatever. And... um they're like, well, this is the application here. List all your references. And I'm like, dude, I'm like 21. I've never lived on my own as far as renting my own place. 
Um, and they're like, oh yeah, without positive rental history, you won't be able to get in. I'm like, well, where do you start? Like, yeah. how do you, <laughs> it's like, how, how do you start? Same with credit. It's like, dude, my credit score is non-existent. How do I rent a house? So there is kind of a chicken or the egg type thing with, sure. with the rental history. We get a lot that are living with parents or living in a roommate and they're renting a room. Um, and so you kind of have to look at it like, well, you don't have positive rental history, but you don't have negative, excuse me, negative history. So sometimes that sure. works out. Um, the f- another one that's super important is criminal history. So whether that's, you know, misdemeanors, felonies, um, sex offender check, you know, that sort of stuff. We, we go in depth and have different uh, criteria for. And then the last one is eviction history and just landlord judgments and so forth. So there's a few non-starters. It's like if you've been evicted before, it's kind of a, the red flag right out of the gate. But it also could be, hey, I got evicted nine years ago. Since then, I've been married, I've done this, that, and the other, or since then, I've got a great job, my credit's great now, or whatever. So those are kind of the main ones. Yeah. So you mentioned that, like, self-managing, I, I... It's kind of daunting hearing all that stuff, you know. If if I'm yeah. self managing, <laughs> yeah, you can look up all that stuff, right? You, yeah, you I mean, it. and there's like tools, right? So it's like you can tell, you can show the house to somebody and say, "Hey, go on to," I know, um, I it's drawn a blank, but there's a couple different services. Sure, like, yeah, pay fifty bucks and go do this thing. But then you just get the credit report. Like, well, how do I analyze this? Yeah. And that sort of thing. So aside from it just being daunting, because it's like, hopefully you're only placing a tenant every, you know, two to three years, you know, our average tenancy is over two years. So it's like, Hey, every two to three years, you'll get a new tenant and you suddenly need to be an expert on how to read credit, how to do debt to income ratios, all this other stuff. Well, that kind of leads perfectly, I think, to the next question, because, you know, let's say you are going from self-managing to a property management company they're going to do all that criteria check for you. But one thing you liked before was getting that final say, you know, yeah. you got to be like, no, nah, I, yeah. I don't want to rent to this guy. Do landlords still, is that still open to them if they're working with the property management company? So yes and no. So uh, yes, in that they have a say if they can move forward, if they don't meet all the check, all the benchmarks. So for example, you know, I won't get into the specifics of our, our benchmarks, but there's a minimum credit score. There's a minimum rental history requirement. There's a minimum, um, income to rent, you know, ratio, you know, that sort of stuff. So if you meet those criteria and it's check, 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 then when we call the owner and present the application, it's not, Hey Ben, here's this person applied and they met all the criteria. Do you want them to move in? It's more like, hey, great news. They met all this criteria. They're moving in on the 27th. Do you have any questions? You know, and, and so in that case, you don't have a say. Now, let's say um, they don't meet one criteria. And I'll just say it's uh, they, they're, let's see. Uh, like no rental history. No rental premise. history is a great one. I've been Sorry. drawing yeah. a blank. But yeah, so no rental history. And we say, hey, Ben, great news. Credit, income, everything's great. They've never rented before, but they've got six months reserves in their bank account. They've got great references. They have a co-signer with an 800 credit score. You know, it's a no-brainer. Technically, you could, you know, plant your flag and say, nope, this is my house. I'm not letting them move in. And we could technically say denied for rental history. Um, you could, on a credit score, if it's one point below our minimum thre- threshold, yeah, you could say no. And there's going to be sometimes we call and say, Hey, look, we have an application. 
how desperate are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's uh you're going to have say in those, those situations, um, over the years. So I started doing this, you know, property management 11 years ago and over the years it, it has gotten more strict and fair housing and the federal fair housing laws and local fair housing laws have tightened up here in Arizona. Obviously the, there's the federal fair housing that applies to everybody. But then we have different additional fair housing laws in Tucson, different for the city of Mesa, different for t uh, Phoenix, you know. And so there are different uh, subcategories within fair housing, you know, by city. And I can't imagine, because I used to self-manage my own, and uh, I can't imagine just going through all that. I, I actually love that the leasing department kind of does it and that I don't know their name. I don't know, you know, certain things about them. It's just if they if they meet all the check boxes then it's like awesome they're moving in yeah and i think too like you were saying when you present an application that checks all the boxes you know that we're not doing that to say you have to take this person or whatever we're doing it to protect them oh you yeah know, to say like because it could be perfectly innocent you know they could just be like i got a bad feeling about this yeah. but maybe that person fits into a fair housing category and yeah. their assumption is that's why they're being denied. Yeah. And, and there's the, you know, fair housing categories and class protected classes, they call it like familial status, for example. And it's like, I have had hard conversations with owners that are like, are they married? I'm like, not relevant, yeah. but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to keep saying Ben, I'm just going to yeah, use yeah. you, but I'm like, Ben, sorry. It doesn't matter if they're married or not. Well, it matters to me, you know? And yeah, you know, it is hard. So over the last 10 years, it's been just educating the owners. And once they realize like, okay, that's why I hired a property manager sure. to protect my best interest, to make sure we're in line with the law. And, and at the end of the day, you're providing safe housing for, yeah. and, and fair housing, you're providing fair housing to the public. And so if you're not ready to do that, then you're not ready to be a landlord or an investor. You know, you need sure. to be able to say, this is a business decision. It meets all the criteria it's out of my hands and you know, yeah. Move forward. Yeah. I can see that being difficult for somebody. Like I was saying that is used to that, like kind of gut feeling, you know, of saying like, I want to shake this person's hand and see them and make sure, you know, that they're, they're good for <laughs> yep. my property. And it's yeah. like, no, you got to trust, you know? Yeah. And even if you're self-managing you, you know, these resources are available like fair housing. So oh, yeah. that's the kind of stuff you, you want to double down yeah. on and make sure you're no. And, and unfortunately too, the, uh, you know, there have been applicants that feel because an owner reacts in a certain way, they're like, they feel discriminated, discriminated against. And we have to explain to the owners and say, Hey, wait, wait, we can't, we can't say it. We can't do that. Here's why. And then they're like, Oh, that's why. Oh, I, I thought you were just saying that, you know, they, uh, that I had to take this applicant because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, no, no. You have to take the applicant because they met all the boxes. If you have other questions, let's talk about it. Um, one, one thing I didn't mention is, you know, if they don't agree with the list price, say they qualify, but they're like, I meet all the criteria and I want to offer less. So you could deny them for saying, no, I don't, we don't want to rent it to you based off. You're not willing to pay the market rent. Sure. You know, um, if they're moving in, in 60 days, it's like, and they meet all the criteria. It's like, no, I'm not holding the property for a reasonable amount of time. If sure. they're moving in, in a couple of weeks, you can't deny them for that. But, you know, if they're over 30 days and they're hundred percent qualified, everything matches, you know, we just, yeah, that's when the landlords don't have a choice. Right on. Um, I think that kind of goes good to the next question, which is like, what are 
those hard reasons that you can't reject a tenant application. You kind of touched on them, but yeah, I think fair housing, when people hear that, it scares them. You it know? does they, totally. <laughs> well, especially when, when it's like, uh, I want to, I don't know what the right verbiage is, but it's like the first fair housing fine is up to $250,000, you know, just, just yeah. a measly quarter million. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> and so, um, I haven't been involved in one where we've, uh, where there has been proven discrimination and it's actually come to that. There have been uh, applicants who, you know, you deny them for a reason that, hey, you had a felony in the last couple of years or whatever it is. Um, and they think they were denied because of something else, one of the protected classes. And we, you know, it's been alleged that we did something wrong and we've worked through every single one of them and it's never been an issue. Um, I actually noted these because I, did, I didn't want to miss one. So there's basically seven federal fair housing uh, classes. So race, color, national origin, religion, sex with gender identity and sexual orientation, familial status and disability. And so those are just a bunch of big words that if you're a self-managing landlord, that's like you do need to take the time to become familiar with it if that's the, the route you want to go. Um, and don't even flirt with the line. It's like, there is no gray. It is very black and white. And, sure. and being in the industry for me, it's just like, no, this is a business. And what I think property management, what it does for your investment is it takes the personal and emotional side out of it. And it's like, no, this is a business. It's to make money. It's to fill vacancy. It's to add value to my property. It's to get a better return on my money. It's not, you know, the, like you were saying, Hey, I want to meet somebody. I want to feel their firm handshake. I yeah. want to look them in the <laughs> eye, the old school way of doing things. It's like, no, that that's not how it is. Yeah. I, I think too, that when you brought up familiar status, cause you said earlier, you know, like I want to know if they're married or not. And that seems like an innocent question. It's not oh, yeah, like yeah. you're, you're trying to discriminate against yeah. somebody. You're saying, Hey, I just want Someone who's going to stay for a long time. Oh, yeah. Family stay longer in my experience. No, and, and most of the phone calls we have with our clients that are um, questioning the way we do it, they're like, what do you mean I can't know their last name? Or what do you mean I can't know that they're married? They're not asking because they're, they're uh, trying to do something wrong or break the fair housing laws. They're genuinely... W like wondering, like, no, I just want to know, like, how many kids do they have? And, and it's kind of funny, like you said, it's just innocent. Yeah. And, and they're just, we just have to go, whoa, 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 Ben, you know, that's, it's, I can't tell you. And here's why it's not that we don't have the information. It's not that the tenants hiding it is we are hiding it from you to protect you, you know? Sure. And, um, our leasing agents, they're great. And they, they have to actually go through and they say applicant one, they don't put Eric Dixon as the name, you know, when they apply because because even a name you could even a name you could assume, you know, whatever Dixon's a, has roots in Europe or whatever. Yeah, you, you can just assume. I knew a things. guy on my street named Dixon, and yeah. I don't like him. You know, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, from that they go applicant one credit score, income ratio, you know, rental history, and they'll have and so it's just data, and it's just boom, 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 boom. And they qualify and it's no longer, hey, Ben, here's your option. Do you want to take it or not? It's, hey, great news. They met all the criteria. They're moving in in 10 days. Isn't that awesome? I, and it, it's just a whole different mindset. And you didn't have to show it. You didn't have to run the application. You didn't need to learn the fair housing stuff. And you're not open to liability if we did something wrong. You know. Right. And I think uh, when, you, uh, when you mentioned that, it's like we... we 
we constantly bringing it up on this podcast, but like you kept saying, like, it's a business transaction. It's like, you really do have to take that emotion out of it. Yeah. You know, like I, before I started working here, it's like, well, if I had an investment property, of course, I'd want to know who's living in there. And of course oh, yeah. I'd want to meet them in person and make sure they're going to, you know, take care of the carpet and do this and that. And it's like, you don't realize that that is putting an emotional attachment on it. That, is not going to help you in oh, the yeah. long run. Oh, it's- dude, I, I actually almost died like getting too emotional. So it, it, it wasn't with the application process. I, I own this fourplex in Mesa. Um, I, I, to this day, man, I wish I never sold it. It's awesome. And, uh, but I met this guy, this guy there, his name was Ivan. And, uh, one night, you know, he called me to come fix his stove and I'm like, dude, I'm handy. I don't know. I had, I had one or two kids at home, but I just went over there one night and I'm like, Oh, I need to switch the pigtail from the stove to the, the, the outlet. It's a two twenty thing. It's like, dude, I'll switch the breaker off and I'll just swap it out real quick. 10 minutes, dude. Well, I get to know these people so well. I'm like, Hey, what's up? I get to see his wife and kids and I'm distracted. Dude, I forgot to turn the breaker off <laughs> and I pull this stove out and I just have my, have my, uh, you know, um, Phillips screwdriver in my hand and I go, boom, I just touch it and pop, dude, the whole, I just pop, I fly into the wall, the whole, all the lights go off, the whole panel busted. And I'm just like, oh dude, like I was totally okay. It just shocked me and I freaked out and I was just like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like what, (laughs) why am I here right now? Yeah. Like to save 85 bucks or a hundred bucks to have an electrician, and maybe plus materials, 150 bucks for somebody to come in here for 10 minutes and yeah. just swap this out. And that doesn't have to do with applications and stuff, but it just the emotional side. Yeah. It's like, no, they were friends. Like these yeah. were friends of mine renting from me under market rent, by the way, by like 300 <laughs> bucks a month. So you almost died. Yeah. It's to a, save 100 bucks and you were 300 bucks. Yeah. It's so to your point, we're going to, we're going to hit this hard. It's whether you use our, our company or someone else or, you're going to continue doing it your own way. You have to treat it as a business. You know, yeah. it's, um, it took me years. I mean, dude, I almost shocked and killed myself. And um, still, I think it was two years longer. It took me to bring them, you know, to, to bring them <laughs> over to our own company, you know, just because I was so emotionally attached. And yeah. I would get texts, dude, about, hey, sorry, I can't bring the rent. Or, hey, can you come pick up cash? And I'm like, sure. Like I'll make a special trip tomorrow morning. Yeah. And then I show up and they're not home and dude, I, countless, countless things. And, uh, it just goes back to, I, I wasn't taking my rental seriously. I wasn't yeah. treating it as a business. I was too worried about jumping over. What's the the phrase? Like jumping over dollars to pick up pennies. Yeah. Like I was jumping over all these other opportunities to save a couple bucks and time where in reality I should have spent that time investing more or researching or, you know, hanging out with my family, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, it's like time is what I couldn't get back. So yeah, for sure. Well, I think then the the last question I wanted to ask you, and this is just from conversations. I, I asked our leasing guys, what do you hear the most from prospective tenants? Because they're the other side of this equation, right? Yeah. That are applying. And I think, it's good for landlords to know what are people constantly asking. And they said, the thing that people Dude, always on. ask is pets. So I was going to say, hold on, let me say it's got to be pets. So yes. my, my office door, <laughs> my office door faces leasing, right? So 
they're like, on cue, this is so-and-so. No, that property doesn't take pets. And that phone call ends quick because they're just like, oh, geez. You know, and I don't hear the other end of it, but pet, I was going to say, dude, it has to be pets. Um, So what's your question? Because I totally distracted. I was, I was just thinking in my, I was thinking in my head. As a landlord, when we're talking about the application process, if you're not including, I mean, like, I guess kind of, it's all about pets. Is it worth reconsidering that on a case by case basis? Can you even do that? Or if someone, even if you say no pets, if someone comes and they have like an ESA animal, yeah. a service animal, does well, that change? The I, game? I was going to say, so dude, e, so ESA, uh, a, a service animal is a whole other podcast because honestly, and it's not a negative connotation thing. It's like, no, it's a very positive thing. And we need to understand as an industry, as landlords, as investors, that ESA emotional support animals are not only are they important, you need to know what you're doing. They they're everywhere. Like people have them and they need them. And so that, that could be its own podcast we can hit later. But, um, going back to pets, if you are saying no pets and trust me, coming from me, like those who know me, Ben, Ben knows this about me. (laughs) I don't have pets. I love animals that aren't mine. Yeah. And so I, I, I love pets. Like I go to someone's house, they have a pet, cool, whatever, but I go home and I'm just not a pet person. I grew up with no pets. I still don't know if it's true, but my mom told me she was allergic to dogs and cats. Sure. And so I've been telling my kids the same thing. Same. So I, I just tell them I'm allergic. Convinced I'm uh, definitely allergic. But there are uh, there are huge benefits not only to listing your property available for pets, but if you say no pets, the pool of tenants is just way smaller. So sure. um, we we even pulled our our. Uh, employees here and said, how many of you have pets? And it's like 75 or 80% of people of just our employees. Right. And then somebody made the comment that said, most of our applicants have pets or they have pets and didn't tell you, you know, and, and we know that based off when tenants move out and we're like, that's weird. It smells like dogs. Or we do a routine inspection and we're like, there's no pets. (laughs) There's no dog food. There's no nothing, but it smells like a dog. You know, and it's like people either have them or they're hiding them, you know? And so, um, and there's two big things. I mean, you got to be open to it just so you can cast a wider net of like, if you say no pets, um, you're just missing out on people and you're going to probably rent it for less money. If you say yes to pets, you know, then it opens the the net to be wider, but you can also do in the middle. This is what I do personally. This is not an on cue thing, not a Ben or Eric thing. Or actually, it is an, an Eric. Yeah, thing. it would be an Eric. No, this would be mine. <laughs> is uh, I do small dogs, no cats, and it's only because, and I've got to get over this. Maybe next time I'll get over it. Is one property got destroyed by cats of mine, it, tens of thousands of dollars, right? And so um, I do like dogs under fifty pounds, no cats, and I have no problem. And I think all but one of my rentals has pets. And so I was looking before the podcast and I was clicking through. I was like, oh, there's a pet addendum on all but one. And yeah. so it's like, it's, you know, it's 90% plus have a pet. Yeah. And if I would have done no pets, it probably would have taken longer to rent. So more vacancy or it would have rented for less because it's just less people are interested. And it's a supply and demand thing. Sure. And, and you, I think you don't want to put that stigma and just assume, I mean, there's people 
you know, like you said, that check all those boxes, they might be the best applicant in the oh, world yeah. and you're not going to get them yeah. because they have a dog, you know, yeah. that's like a kid to them. It's not an option. And, and a dog, we, we didn't mention it, but a pet is a, not a protected class. And so you can deny somebody if they have a pet. Yeah. And so if you're like, Hey, the awesome applicant meets every box and then they have a, you know, a 50 pound golden doodle or whatever. I don't even know if they get that big, but, um, the, uh, the, they could say, oh, sorry, no pets. You know, now if it's an ESA, it's an emotional support animal, it, it has no bearing to the, the approval process there. But the, um, you know, I in my experience, and it took time for me even, I mean, this is the biggest, the last point I'll make is owners that are moving out of their primary residence and they're hiring us to rent their home and they have no pets at their house, they have the hardest time accepting pets. Sure. And they're just like, oh, my home is going to get ruined by pets. And I'm like, did we do just as much or more damage as humans to this house than pets do? <laughs> like, you know, it really. So, uh, you know, the bottom line is my suggestion is be open to pets for sure. Um, if you want to have a weight limit, if you want to have, you know, a couple different restrictions to kind of tone it down a little bit, you could start there. Um, it can also create more income for you. You can charge pet rent. Um, you can have pet deposits, you know, all this other, you know, these other protections there, but just in pet rent, I mean, you'll make hundreds of dollars more a year and that potential damage that they do, you could use that extra money to fix it, you know, or the pet deposit. So there's other positives too. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it. We, we kind of went over the broad strokes of it and, uh, you know, we'll have to do an episode just digging into ESA. Oh yeah. No, that'll be, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Coming up. So. That's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you guys next time.